Welcome to the Shark Pod, the podcast that explores business and lifestyle design in Ireland and beyond. And now, live from Greystone Studios, here are your hosts, Luke Curry and Mark Baker. What is up, Shark Nation? It's your man, not your boy, Luke Curry. And we've got Mark Baker out there in town again. Um, and his, and, uh, and his, uh, <laughs> Mark Baker, you're out there in, in, uh, in HQ, uh, of your business, Darwin Hawkins. Uh, I was going to say, why D- are you struggling to say that? Cause, Cause I was going to say D H H Q, but I, I stumbled over. Oh, okay. That is a mouthful in fairness. Yeah. But how are you um, doing? Disclosed location. We're in, we're in Leeson street. Um, Thanks. Yeah, it's nice to be nice to be in and out of town, not stuck in town, but a bit of a mix. Bit of a mix. I like it. Um, so I've been kind of going in and out as well. This week I've been uh, exclusively out of G Stone's uh, studios, um, just working from home. But I do like having the option there. I think I might go into town tomorrow, hang out with some people, you know, press the flesh as they say, you know, shake hands. That is, and. Um, really you know looking forward to that too today on the podcast we are doing a book review we're going to dive into a book that was recommended to us um via the podcast by gavin j gallagher um gavin j is a friend of the shark pod um gavin actually had the author of this book uh daniel Priestley, on his uh, behind the facade uh podcast so if anyone wants to check that out with the author um it's a great listen um the book is called key person of influence um it's a book you can get on amazon i think it's like self-published so it comes in kind of a kind of a different type of book like the feel of it's kind of different it's more like a it's almost like a little workbook um it's Mm. about 150 something pages long so not a huge tome but i was just saying to mark before we started today that this book is like a real actionable book you know it's kind of like the uh was that oscar wilde said sorry about the long letter but i didn't have time to write a short one you know, and I feel like that yeah. sometimes with emails and stuff, it's difficult to get that, um, that kind of a lot of uh, value in something very short. And this one is really, really valuable. So I think it kind of makes you makes you do stuff straight away. So you kind of need a pen. Oh, it's one of those ones where you kind of need a pen, or else you probably won't get as much value out of it. Do you know? I was thinking about this just about books anyway. Like the hardback book is worth so much more to me than the audio book. Um, like for taking notes for something you can go back the tactile experience i just think audiobooks are you know i got really into them like recently enough and i've listened to them a lot but i feel like i can kind of dip in and out of books i can kind of take some notes i can you know take some action it's always there i'm curating a nice library for uh for my son to dive into and he's ready to become a key person of influence do you know yeah the search function for an audiobook isn't there like the equivalent to thumbing through a chapter isn't there yeah. and that's that's why a book like this doesn't lend overly well to to audiobook but in fairness i did listen i, I read it and then i listened to it on audiobook just to re-register it but yeah. um yeah definitely get the hard copy yeah exactly like i got the game changer formula both on audio and physical um our boy Ruri, who was on the, the podcast as well, um, just because I think it's a good way to go. Um, but this book, so this, basically this book is talking about how to become a key person of influence. Daniel Priestley has a business where he teaches people through courses to become a KPI, as he, ta- as he says. Um, basically, 
It's the it's a five step method to become one of the most highly valued and highly paid people in your industry, Mark. Well, how does that sound? Sound good to you? Yeah, I think makes sense. It's it's one of those things where it, the book opens in a very it, it's almost like so, something that could be a transcript from a from a shark pod. Check it out. Really? Uh, yeah. So we're going to dive into that now in a minute, but just to set the table for the for the listeners here. Um, so to become a key person of influence, and what he means by that is, you know, every every industry has the go-to guy. And I don't know, some people are just kind of fall into that or it's their personality or whatever. But our, our boy Daniel is talking about making this a, a process of how this can be replicated. Um, you know, someone has to be the, the thought leader. Someone has to be the one on stage giving the speech. Um, it might as well be you as well as if you do it right, not just for an attention uh, attention exercise, but also, you know, putting a product around it, putting some partnerships around it. It kind of really, it makes becoming known a valuable thing, right? Um, which I think is important. Who's, so, who would be some examples of that? I, think I Gavin, can think right away. Well, I think, like we mentioned, Gavin J. Gallagher, anyone who knows... Or, does property and I actually I know he took the course as well. So there there's I don't know if that's chicken and the egg, <laughs> do you know? If that's uh did he start that after the pot I d I don't know the the story behind that, but it'd be interesting to yeah. talk to him about that. Um, also and it, you can be there can be obviously multiple key persons, people of yeah. interest. I keep saying interest, it's influence. Yeah. Um in the one industry. My for property hundred percent would be Joe Doyle yeah. is what I think. For, for investing in property yeah Joe Doyle another alum mm. of the shark pod um, mm. great episode as well one of my faves but who would so Mark just out of interest who's the who's the guy in uh, in recruitment in Ireland James Cann oh in, in Ireland yeah um, well globally it would be James Cann who's our chairman yeah for sure um, I can't even think of anyone else he's the one I think about when I think about the headhunting the recruitment now, there is with within recruitment and within everybody's sector, you're going to have people that nobody else would kind of know. Um, but in a large sector, say like tech or recruitment, or yeah. you know, there is going to be global names, but there's names that I would know that you probably never heard of. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they'd be well known. Probably who, who would be the thing about recruitment is you're trying to keep your your cards and your tricks and your skill sets close to your chest a little bit. So I would find it hard to keep person of influence for recruitment and give out so much value. Um, and then your competitors kind of take that value and use it against you. So you, it's a different, it can be a difficult. I was, when I was reading the book, I was trying to figure out how that would work without giving away all your, your secrets. You know, that's, that's something I'm sure a lot of people will think of, but then that's probably a bit close-minded to think like that. I think he actually has a chapter that give away your your best your best ideas. <laughs> that's the that's, probably, that's basically the. the I know, and and look, that's not a that's yeah. not a new thing that people say. Yeah, and we even said it as well. But um, so to answer your question, I suppose Johnny Campbell, I think his name is from Social Talent. Yeah, who we should be getting on the pod hopefully. Um, he would be definitely a key person of influence in uh in recruitment probably in ireland and the uk and uh, given what they do they essentially help rec recruiters um 
perform better and have the best kind of techniques and technology skill sets and stuff like that. So that's what his company does. Um, again, he wouldn't have any direct competitors like I would. I'm sure he has competitors. Yeah. What he does is kind of stuff. He doesn't have his own recruitment company. You know what I mean? It's kind of a funny one because if you go, like I've uh, I talked to lots of lots of people in, um, you know, in the, the HubSpot partner program like you know hundreds of companies and there's a couple of like key in uh key uh, kpis rather in uh let's just call them kpis kpis and there we had one rich on the on the podcast before as well he seems to be very much whenever you think of had the partner program he always pops up um Mm. and he i think he was talking about on our podcast as well about you know coaching other you know competitors and you know consulting on other people's agencies and stuff and you're just kind of like but like you're giving away your best stuff but I think that when you give away good ideas, like I was talking to somebody the other day who was um, who was moving jobs in HubSpot, and it was their first time kind of moving into the area that I'm in. Um, and I was giving away gems, and I could see on their face that they were a little bit like, hey, what? How, why are you telling me this? And I'm like, this is how you do it. And given those kind of um, those kind of big ideas, and I think we can talk about. I, I got this. Other, I got this uh, bit of advice. I don't know about for YouTube. Um, video or something I was watching, but uh, no, I think it was actually it was Joe Rogan. It was uh, it was the Mr. Beast was on there. That was uh, a great, great episode. Yeah, yeah Paddy Galloway's uh, mate. Mm. <laughs> um, Again, Paddy Galloway, he's a KPI for YouTube. Exactly. For yeah. Mm. Um. So they were saying like that ideas for YouTube are not just like a ten percent better idea. Isn't you don't get ten percent better views. You get like. 40% better views because that gets pushed forward and it got me thinking about all of the things I've done in my career all the best things that I've done have come out of ideas you know like really original ideas and yet like Mr. Beast is out there he was saying he was taking like two hours a day just trying to think about ideas and I just thought what a powerful way to spend your time imagine if you put two hours a day in where you turned your laptop off and just came up with ideas how much like because ideas is what is is valuable and they come from your experience they come from angles that you see in the industry and stuff like that and i just thought to myself mm-hmm. that could be you know you could build a you could build a bit of a system around that and so you you wouldn't be so afraid to give away the, those um those best practices that you have and be do you know what the the reason why you're worried is that you think that for some reason you think that someone else is going to be able to take that information and do it better than you that's that's not gonna just, yeah like. i know yeah when you actually again when you when you talk it through uh, and you can you and you'll never be able to prove it even if it does or doesn't work yeah. you kind of have to trust that you know just just don't be afraid to kind of talk like so sometimes i feel like the hard work that the great work that we do and the lads here do and the the difficult roles they find people that no one else can find people for. Because at the start, of when you're starting a recruitment company, the roles that you get are the most difficult ones to fill. They're hardest to find, the hardest skill sets to find. And we come in and we do it. But I'm, I want to tell the world that. But then I'm like, if I say I placed, we all placed X, Y, and Z in all these companies, um, well, then everybody will know our client base, all that kind of stuff. But then, you know, we shouldn't worry about that kind of stuff. I don't know if KPMG are worried about you knowing who they're dealing with you know the big the big dogs like i know they're not recruiting yeah you know what i mean I, I, yeah do you know that kind of way like i 
I just think um, also, so we're talking about the ideas and giving away your best ideas during mm. um, while, while you're becoming a KPI in your industry. Um, but like the idea in this book is that you you productize what you're what you're doing, so you're getting paid for it anyway. It's not like just give it away and then sit down. That's not smart. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, there has to be but a way. Yeah. You have to get paid in the end. Like that's not the idea of the book. It's not just to tell people all your secrets and then go home. Like you know, um, it's to you know get them to respect what you're saying and also you know pay for what you're offering. Right. So um, yeah. So just but a to, lot of people do stuff with with the doors closed, you know, and they they don't project to the world the work that they do. So I think people should. And we t- how people are supposed to know how good you are then. We've talked about this on the podcast as well, where you see these big mansions all over Greystones and all these people are walking out. I'm like, what are you guys doing? You're not famous. Mm. You should be famous. You're so success. You're a real success. Like, you know? Um, yeah. So here's, here's the, the key person of influence method. Okay. So step one, the pitch. Step two, publish. Step three, the product. This is what we were just talking about there. You got to have a product mark. Uh, step mm-hmm. four, so profile. And step five, partnerships. Something that I have a lot of grow for, um, being in the partnership space. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think partnerships are just so interesting. And it's something that in Ireland we're perfectly, uh, you know, perfectly placed on in the EU to work with everyone there. And also, you know, in America, because there's so many Irish people over there that we can tap into. I think it's a great opportunity. Um, so just before, I just wanted to kick off this with a, a bit of a, an excerpt. And it's on the very first uh, the very first page when the author is kind of setting you up as to why this is a, a, a good idea and something that you, could, you should uh, pursue. Basically, again, the KPI is that person in your industry who is the, the go-to person. People bring opportunities to them. Um, mm. it, they, they, people want to do business with you. It's not, you're not the one doing the cold calling. People are cold calling you to try to get partnerships going, try to get joint ventures going. You get the best value. You get the, the highest paid speaking or, uh, engagements at the industry conferences. You're the person who people think about when they think about people in that industry. You know what I mean, Mark? Mm-hmm. Okay. So here we go. So there's a, in, in the very first uh, page here, it says looking good, but going nowhere. So this is the author speaking. I know an accountant. He's a great accountant. However, he's not happy. And I know why. When he was 18 years old, fresh out of high school, his best thinking was to study for a job. He was good at maths and economics. And for all the right reasons, it made sense at the time for him to study and, and go into the accountancy profession. Who does that sound like? Just joking. Me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you were an artist before. Ad. Uh, today, he is frustrated. He's brilliant at what he does, but he still has to compete on price. Like most of the people in his industry, he thinks that the key to making more money is to do more study on the te- technical aspects of his job. Unfortunately for him, everyone in his, li- in his line of work is focused on getting more qualifications. Could it be anyone in Ireland looking at this? We're obsessed with qualifications. Me and Mark are, are getting after somebody in our life about going after more qualifications instead of doing something. Mm. You know who you are if you're listening to this. Um, so unfortunately, uh, everyone in his line of work is focused on getting the more qualifications. If he himself finds uh, himself constant, constantly play, playing catch-up, uh, regardless of how much he earns, he always feels that he is only slightly ahead of the game. 
Lately, he's been questioning everything. He feels that life today is based upon best thinking, uh, the best thinking of an 18-year-old. Uh, he lives, or he has lived out 20 years of a teenager's decision. Now, in his late 30s, his values have shifted, and so has the world. He now competes with software, with accountants in India, with his own, with his, sorry, with accountants in India and with his own mindset about how the industry, quote unquote, should be. His story isn't unique. I hear it all the time. Many people great are great at what they do, but aren't fulfilled. The feeling creeps in that life is passing by too quickly and the goals you once had haven't been realized. You might even start questioning whether you made the right career choices. You might get frustrated with your industry or with your life. You might even start to resent the people who are doing better than you. By the end of this book, you are going to see that you don't need to turn your life upside down. You don't need to go get get more qualified so you can forget the MBA or PhD. What do you think, Mark? <laughs> I think... That could be a lot of people, a lot of basically every single professional. Um, yeah. Why do you think it is the we instinctively, even though the evidence doesn't like there's no evidence that getting more qualified mid career really does anything for your prospects? Well, there was obviously a point in time where it did matter. And I think there's a hangover from that. So I'd say from the I don't know, 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Getting extra qualifications did mean you would get paid more. And it's still kind of in some companies, I think there is a correlation. Definitely years ago, I think one of the companies I worked in, if you had an extra qualification, you would get paid a little bit more. Um, but like the increments are very, very small compared to, you know, thinking outside the box and yeah, there's lots of, there's lots of easier ways uh, to make money education. And I think those incremental um, increases are really scary to me when I think about that, because the way things are going with inflation and stuff like that, you have to have a product to sell because if the product gets more expensive, it's okay. You get, uh, you have a margin on the product or if you're a salesperson, you get a percentage of that sale anyway. So you're mm. kind of building in, but if it's just, how can you keep up if if uh, it's, it's just incremental like that? Yeah, I, I was I was driving, um, I was driving down, I was actually driving into into town today, and I was thinking to myself, I'm not sure that, like, I don't know what, what most careers are going to do. And I was listening to the radio, and it's going to be X amount for gas and heating price and stuff, and I just thought to myself, well, like anyone who's outside of very well-paid professions their their careers aren't viable <laughs> Do you know I mean? we're gonna have to pay them yeah. way more and they don't create that much value in the market like they we're gonna have to overpay people Do you know mm. and I, I started to worry about that but then i, I got over it. it's not really my uh my business <laughs> but anyway <laughs> um so moving on um so one of the things that he says in the first chapter as well is vitality is more valuable than functionality Mark Baker, what do you think about that? The person who's out there, you know, the put put the <laughs> shaking and baking out there is is more important than the person that actually does the coding. What do you think? I I definitely agree, but do you not think the person who with the vitality 
and who is kind of creative and coming up with ideas, they have to have done something themselves as well. You can't just be an idea. In my opinion, you can't just be an ideas man. You have to be an ideas man who's actually done something to yeah. warrant being able to kind of pitch ideas and stuff like that. It goes back to the the hero's journey. That that's what people really um mm. really get affected by. If anyone out there wants to really dig dig real deep into that, you can go to read Joseph Campbell's book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. Um get your thought. Read that. <laughs> I've got it here in the in the house, Mark. Have you read it? Yeah, I've read it. It took a while, but it's um you want to get your your d- dictionary out. Um okay. you know, it's pretty it heals pretty deep. But the the idea is that you uh like all almost every story in human history is the same there's someone uh that comes out of nowhere he's in peril um there's a big challenge um he has to go on a journey which is part of the the story he's shunned is he shunned by the community he doesn't have to be shunned but he does have to have mentors along the way he bumps into somebody who shows him the path um yeah and then he goes on the journey he overcomes whatever uh whatever challenge it is and then he mm. brings back the the fire or the gift the boon to society as joseph Campbell calls it uh, i'm thinking of two people it. who who would you think is the, the epitome of those that journey uh jesus for sure that's <laughs> and batman yeah jesus and batman exactly that's exactly what it is. So they share, yeah. they, they give the benefit that they found to society. And that's what you're talking about, where you're not going to listen to anybody um, mm. until they've done that. And it happened to me. I was on a training and work recently. Great training, actually. I actually liked the way it was done. But the person mm. delivering the training didn't give me any context of who they are. And I thought to myself, how can I, you don't, you're making it up if you don't, you're, either, you're making it up if you haven't done it. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah. But I think, does, it, does it actually go into that in the book, though? Is would that be a criticism of the book? Does it not say that you look? You got to go through a bit of trials and tribulations, a bit of experience, a bit of a few gray hairs that's first, a, and you can put that on steroids. But like, you don't have to wait till you're thirty or forty or fifty. Yeah, you, you can look. You can do what Mr. Beast did, not to use the most famous, uh, impressive YouTuber of all time as an example, but he's only twenty three. Yeah, he's been absolutely grinding since he's fourteen. Exactly, but like he does, he does mention that he says like it, that you're going to be like so. There's a, a bit here in the first chapter because your career is over. It's something that you should like. He says, uh, "Career is old technology." So like, if you have, if you're on a career path and you've done lots of stuff, you actually do have a lot of. You're sitting, like he talks about, you sitting on mm. a huge amount of knowledge that you, you could share that someone would buy. And that's kind of his whole pitch. Like most people, if they've got- What is that knowledge? What yeah. is that wealth that you have? Yeah. Tapping into that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there is there could be a criticism there that it like it this really does work for a mid, um, it's more for like mm. a, a mid career professional. Um, but there's a lot of those out there. So it's, there's, he's talking to a big market, but if- Sure. If you're if you've been in school until you're 22, there's probably it's going to be difficult to become a KPI because you haven't done anything. The difference between a Paddy Galloway that we've had on for the YouTube stuff, like he's he's been doing it. He's been doing the damn thing since he was 13. Well, yeah. So see, so you can do it when you're when you're young because yeah. the difference between 
13, 14 year old nowadays and 30 years ago is the internet. You can start making, I was dying to start making money when I was that age. Yeah. And the best I could do was working in a pub illegally. And the best I could get around the hourly pay was tips. Um, but now you can, you can start on the internet in any hour of the day while you're in school and you're break. Man, I, it's, if people could really see like this stuff, I wish I knew now, or I knew what I knew then, what I know now. Do you know what I can <laughs> uh, I wish I could go back and be like, you know, go into the, went into the forest or whatever, slap that can out of 16 year old Luke's hand and be like, listen, listen, bitch, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to knuckle down here. <laughs> You're going to learn Didn't how to code. But I, do, I know you don't want to yeah. be the person that that was kind never of, has any fun when they're young as well. But like, it was actually a can of seven up at that age. There's room for both. I wasn't as cool as that. Um, but anyway, so he, so he goes back and he says, okay, so these are the questions you got to ask yourself when you're putting together your, um, putting together, I think this is the pitch bit, Owen. No, this is actually before the pitch. This is just kind of figuring out what your, um, <laughs> sorry, my fucking light keeps on falling here. It's distracting. Okay. So when he's trying, when you're trying to figure out like what you're going to be, like what's the, going to be the basis of your, of your influence or your, your profile. Um, he talks about yeah. the questions here. So what do you do? So all the, all the bits and pieces that you do. So if you're an accountant, you might have a specialty, something like that. Write that down. All the things that you do in your job. Question two, what makes you credible? You might've won awards in your industry. You might have sold X, X amount of millions of, uh, Euro and, uh, software machinery, whatever. Um, you might've built a business and sold it. Um, you might have a side hustle. Um, this third question is how do you make money? Everybody wants to make money. If you've made, if you've figured out a way to make money differently, or if you're, if you're, you know, a highly paid X, Y, and Z, there's loads of people under you on the ladder who will pay for that, uh, for that information. Are you known? Are you trusted and liked by others? That's kind of a more of a personal one, but uh, I don't know. To be honest, I don't, I'm not sure if that one is as relevant, that question. To be liked by people, you know, you can build that in an audience. That's just affirm that's an affirmation thing, uh, social affirmation thing, isn't it? Is that what you call it? Um, you can just get, you can get people to, to do reviews. Yeah. You pay people to, to get the whole trust thing. Yeah. Or to come across as you're trusted, but you want to be, just do good work, and you'll be you'll be appreciated. Who or what else can you bring to a deal? That's a really interesting question. I think just generally, because mm. that's what makes you valuable. And we've got a you know a personal connection right now where somebody started their I'm not going to name names or anything. Someone started a business that we know that was a great idea, and that business has now been absorbed by a bigger business because he brought in a way for that company to make money but he needed the resources around it to make it a viable business but mm -hmm. when you're thinking about what can you bring to a deal that's such a there's it's such a a money first mindset like how many accountants are going into an interview saying what am i bringing to this deal okay mm. that i'm an accountant what else am i bringing who else can i introduce these to say that in but the interview but that's important to actually read that. It's who and what. Yeah. So your network yeah. like is 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 valuable. Like your network can make you money. 
And it was just a funny one to think about, but like, look, what do I do? I, I extend my network to all, you know, highly uh, hireable qualified accountants and finance people. And then I also extend my network by having, having you know, a good load of clients. And then what I'm doing is matchmaking and the value, and I'm taking the value in the middle. So that's just, it's the same thing, actually. Um, the shark pod, that actually makes us KPIs in a way that we've access to so many interesting people now that we can, again, introduce people. Now, we're not getting paid for it, but you benefit in other ways by introducing the people. You might get involved in a deal. Um, they might owe you a favor. You know? So I just like that. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like sometimes, and I think you mentioned this before, I was talking about bringing a deal to somebody that I was thinking about. And you said that would be a great idea. You said, in my industry, I'd love if someone called me with a deal, like with a mm. proposition. He said, there's almost, that doesn't really happen that often, you know? Um, and it's kind of yeah. what I do for a living. Like I uh, reach out to people all over Europe with a deal, you know? What, what do I bring to the table? I bring basically endless R&D money for software, but I expect X, you know, input from them. You know what I mean? Mm. But at least I'm calling with a deal, which is... Uh, which is half the battle. So here we go. So let's talk about the actual steps in becoming a, a KPI. The pitch. So the pitch is your ability to communicate your value and uniqueness through spoken word. What do you think about this, Mark? Do you, I've heard people speak live who didn't really say too much, but they just had the nerve to get up there to say that they're uh, an expert. Not just, I'm not talking about saying that you're an expert on LinkedIn under your bio. I'm talking about actually, you know, having the balls to say, I'm, I'm the, you can go up and say, yeah, I'm the one who can, who can build a recruitment business from scratch in three years. That is X. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's a unique, I think it has to be specific. You know, you can't just say, I don't, I don't like the stuff. It's like, I make, I make, uh, men better people. Do you know what I mean? Like, or like, I I help your company increase uh, value and awareness. You know, yeah. it's, it's all too vague. I think in the book he's kind of saying, "Look, I can grow. I've built like be very specific. Like, I'm able to yeah. build a, a company to seven figures in three years, in whatever industry, yeah. or um." We, like but what we do in Tower Hawkins, <clears throat> like we we hate we help uh, qualified accountants get great jobs in in roles that they love, you know, or you know yeah. that's you have to be quite specific. You know, just we help people get jobs. You know, the more specific, the better. And you can exactly the uniqueness is important as well, I think. Like if you can yeah. say like I remember there's a guy who's a real KPI. God I forget his name now. But he used to work for it was a consult for HubSpot and it was uh, consulting on inbound lead generation, right? And he had a great website. Oh, God, I forget his name now. This is, it's, I haven't looked at him in about five years, but he, I remember looking at him going like, this guy's like 24, you know, really, really young. And he was like head of lead gen at, at a, a giant company like HubSpot, but he was on a, on a contract basis because he was in too much demand. All of his, like he had loads and loads of content about it, like giving away secrets, you know, of exactly how he does it. 
and mm. it, all of the stuff on his website was all like um i generate millions of leads for the top companies in the world mm. that's it they go okay tell me more that's what you want to do that's the it's pitch it's yeah yeah that's that's what you need so the pitch is important like I, I, again it's it's harder to 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 write less than write more like i had to do a one-pager document today on for a, a little pitch on what darwin who darwin hawkins is and what we do like i have a i have like a pitch deck of 10 slides on that i'd condense that into one nice looking pdf one pager and it took quite a while I think I'm going to start doing that as well with with a potential partner. Say if you've got a if we're going to do a presentation, your presentation has to be five slides long. So does mine. Do you know? Mm. I think that's a really interesting kind of thought experiment. Um, so the number so number one is your pitch. Figure out exactly what you can what's your unique, um, unique value and um, and how to communicate that. Um, and then your second step two is publish. So your ability to gain credibility through authoring content i think this is huge and now there's no excuse not to have your own book because you can just this guy self-published he sells loads of these books you have to go sell it then it's not going to sell itself if it's not being put forward by a publisher um but you can get the you can get your your credibility up through that um and then your next book might be through a publisher do you know what i mean if you can show traction also, you'll have something to sell at the end of a seminar or something that you've been involved in. It's something that people can hold in their hand, like I'm doing right now, and I'm basically holding this guy's brain. This is actually what he sells in his like seminars mm. and stuff. This is this is the all of his like best ideas, and it was like eight, eight euro or something. You know? Yeah, it's kind of that's the example of what it's telling you. It's kind of like an inception weird kind of thing. Imagine <laughs> it's weird because imagine like someone was. Imagine someone had a shark pod that they were breaking down somewhere without us involved. I think that would be mad. Like, do you know what I mean like then you know mm. that your your ideas are are valuable? But it's enough. like it, it's a weird thing. Those those things like where we like say the shark pod could be a podcast about how to make a business and entrepreneurship podcast. I always found that weird. So that book is actually telling you. And it's doing what it's telling you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like those, I used to think it's funny with rap songs. They're tell, saying how great they are at singing rap songs yeah. while doing a rap song. I know. Yeah, I've often thought that as well. It's like, <laughs> okay. Um, step three, product. This is where we're talking about, Mark. I've actually putting some money behind it. It's hard By the to- way, sorry, the, the, the publishing thing, look, that can be blog posts or books. And blog- for, anyone yeah. wants to publish a book, KDP, Amazon, just Google it. Um, that's how I published my my two books uh yeah exactly and it's um it's like like it's great if you could when like there's a few um entrepreneurs around in ireland that i go on every podcast get on every like you know every uh article and stuff and you know that they're they're out there saying yes to a lot of stuff and maybe they have to go and talk to people that they wouldn't really spend too much time with otherwise but Mm. all of those little um those those little things add up so when you hear a good test that he talks about in this book is to google yourself and if you're not like the top three or four it's people are going to be disappointed when they google you so you said you, mm. you want to avoid that so if you meet somebody at a networking event um you should just 
they should be able to google you and see exactly what you're all about see articles podcasts that you're on books that's what you want to do uh, my one is a little bit tricky right because i am so i even if i go into like incognito i'm number one because of podcasts and all this type of stuff and i've done a couple of different blog posts and that type of thing um and luke curry isn't a very popular name but there's two other luke curries one is a multi uh multi or was a multi-level marketing kind of scam guy um <laughs> in, in america and he's got a big mansion and everything and he's like a bodybuilder i'm like this is how it could have been that's what i think to yeah, myself, right? if he didn't have any ethics yeah and then another guy is a um i think he was you know like a he's on the he's on the offenders list some guy from town oh, so um i get it <laughs> well so, the kind of crime reports always going to rise to the top don't they and yeah um but yeah so my, my point is that people should be able to find you online and just know i know what you're about um just one of the other things that he talks about i can't i don't remember exactly where he said it in the book but when he talks about networking he says the worst mm. <laughs> like i think it's actually in the partnership uh point of view um but he goes talks about networking he says like the worst thing that you can do is try to get a sale at a networking event he said those people didn't mm. go there to buy shit like you know mm. and it comes off sleazy and i know this for like, i I know this for a uh a fact it's only actually happened to me once um because i haven't like i haven't really gone to that many like quote-unquote networking events like that's what it was for but i was in one in mm. um in helsinki and uh back in the day a couple of well, a few years ago and a guy came up to me and he was like you know he was a hubspot partner and he was really pushy on the sales like trying to get get involved in deals that i had going on really like he was looking to, for a sale do you know what i mean like like what can mm. you give me you know what can you give me now and i'm like i don't know you you know this is it was weird it was very it was very strange you know and that it kind of it, it was a bad feeling right but if if you go to places and trying to look for partnerships that is where the it's not just one sale it's loads of sales and i've talked to mm. i've also had this or this uh you know conversations with people even we when we hit stop on the shark pod they go afterwards uh and they say they'll say luke what are you up to like what are you what are you what are you doing after after the hubspot thing they're mm. looking for a way into invest with us or get an idea see how we can work together they're the real kind of movers and shakers people are looking for an angle all the time do you like it right mm. so i think that's something that you should focus on when you go to these meetings where there's other people in in your industry say and when you bump into them say you know, how can we work together? So you might meet somebody who does uh, headhunting for the logistics industry. Maybe you guys can work together on a, a joint venture for accountants <clears throat> and logistics or logistics and accounts. I don't know, Mark. You know what I mean? <laughs> Think about it, okay? So, okay, so number Sorry, three. You're not, you're not just, like, there is a correlation to, like, the dating scene and stuff like that. You know, you're not trying to, well, some people are trying to trying to do it all in the one night, but like it should be, it's a relation. You're trying to form a relationship with people, um, and that's why you should probably go if you're if you, if networking events are something that you've highlighted as a possible avenue for you to increase, you know your your sales or whatever. You should be going to loads of them. You shouldn't be relying on you've got one one chance this one at Christmas. I got to go to this and I got to you know pitch everybody. Well, I've been to ones. I've been to too many. I don't really do them, but I've been to ones where people will literally stand there and try to sell you what they do, and it's it's weird. It's weird. Like, yeah, it's 
it's like they have no uh like social skills like no understanding of uh, social cues has it come across anyway it's funny though because what's happening there is like in this book when you're the kpi everyone knows what you do you don't have to talk you don't have to pitch them at that stage yeah here's here's a question how do you how would you potentially become a kpi without the internet i don't think it's possible really like how would you challenge to somebody because i i think it is possible i just don't i think we overly rely on the internet i think to be honest i think you'd have to have a, a good a really strong pr person who could get you into newspapers magazines analog yeah. stuff that's kind of the only way well that should be something people should be thinking about i yeah it is something that we've like i we could we could give great insights on on you know jobs in ireland you know that we we should be me and Niall should be speaking at in on the news or whatever but like anything to do yeah. on the tv and radio to do with finance market we have real intel you know yeah. that we can give and you've got to get in there then because the guys you, yeah. sorry the guys at davy are always on um uh i was on rt given their their tuppence worth right and that share of you know what's and they're still getting on <laughs> rt do you know yeah um, look let's face it the internet is obviously the main way but i think Sometimes everybody thinks, oh, just get a website, social media, um, and that's the only thing you can do. But there is other stuff. Getting on the Late Late Show is still the big one in Ireland. I don't care what anyone says. If, if That's the real credibility. And we've had people on, on the uh, on the podcast, your friend Niall, it says on his email, as seen on the Late Late Show. <laughs> it's So I know what you mean. So if you can break out of the internet, but I think it's a good place to start, as in, you know, you want to make sure you're... But the fact is, look, the internet... Like a lot of decision makers aren't hanging around on social media. That's true. That's Think about it that way. Like yeah. some of the strongest connections I have are all, you know, over the age of 50. Yeah. And also, how do you get to that, that decision making level um, on a corporate, if you're doing corporate deals through, through Instagram or Twitter? You have to go, you have to go where they are. Right, I think maybe they, I think they might be on Twitter. Some of them think like that type. Oh of, yeah, no, yeah. some of the over fifties. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Are you telling me, yeah. Mark, that if I write an article on diversity and and publish it on LinkedIn, James Cannes not going to read it? Are you fucking <laughs> joking me? Come on. Somebody will read it for him. Yeah, someone read it for him. Sure. Okay. So the okay. So the second, the third part is product. So you got to have your ability to scale your value through an elegant product and service ecosystem so elegant products are the ones where you don't have to work so hard they're replicable and so it could be like courses could be um something that you can franchise um kind of like the sandler model i guess the sales training where they come up with the framework they have a sandler island sandler uk you know master agreements for for their franchise um so those types of businesses that you can spin off the information that you're that you're the expert in. It's funny the when I was uh, what I used to read a lot of Tim Ferriss's, you know, and in one of Tim Ferriss's books, I can't remember what it was. It could have been the Four Hour Workweek. He said if you t- go to Amazon and read like the top five books on any subject, you know more about that subject than ninety five percent of the humans. Mm. He said that's how fast you become an expert. Um, and an, an expert in his eyes is someone who knows more than you do. Like that's the 
Yeah. You can always be an expert to a certain audience. I think people are reluctant to go niche. And I think it's in the book. It does say the more niche you go, the better. I even found that quite hard to, to digest or to believe in. So he, he's saying, is it, what's the author's name again? Daniel, Daniel Priestley. Yeah, so he's saying, for example, if you're if, to use social, to be a social media expert as, a, as an example, I don't know if it's in it, but like I so said, I'm a, a TikTok expert. You know, I teach yeah. companies how to use TikTok as opposed to I'm a social media expert just in case because they might want Instagram, they might want yeah. Twitter, they might want Facebook. But you're actually going to have more success if you actually just pick one. Yeah. And then branch when needed, as opposed to saying go with the group and then niche if needed. Actually yeah. go the opposite. It's inter- interesting. When I find that when I was dealing with customers, they feel like going with the expert is the way to go with partnerships and stuff like that when, when I'm talking about software sales. So there's some mm. partners that I have worked with where they go, oh, yeah, we just Matt, we just do education. That's it. Like, really? It's such a small thing. Like, you make lots of money doing other stuff, right? And then they're like, no, no, education. Then I'll talk to a customer and be like, yeah, I'm trying to pair you up with a partner to do professional services. And they're like, uh, yeah, we'd love that. We'd love to outsource this to somebody. Um, get us an expert in education. I'm like, do you not want an expert just in the software? Who cares what you do for, you know? Mm. And they're like, no, no, no. They've got to have a real, I want to see case studies of other universities they've done business with. Do you know? So it is, I think there's, I've seen that in real life where that's what people, that's how the market behaves. If you're, they want to get the expert in that niche, do you know? It's, it's and even a niche within, within a niche, but it depends. Like you can't go, there is a danger of going too niche. Yeah. You don't want to be like, I do all the PR for people who cut grass. That's my shit. I don't do nothing else, you know. In Dublin. Yeah. yeah, yeah in South yeah. Dublin mm-hmm. or in in the inner city between the canals that's my that's my uh my patch um yeah exactly so the last one the last or two would be profile so this this one is a little bit on the fence for me it's like make sure that you go uh and uh, google yourself and clean up anything that's uh confusing so if you're not like if you've got like a facebook that doesn't really talk too much about your what you do for a living generally it should be just very straightforward to say this guy is the guy for x you know and it'd be tough for I you. struggle with that. <laughs> yeah. That's what that, I'm saying. That, I just thought like people are confused when they hear my name because some people will only know that I, I'm an artist. Some people will only think I do recruitment and some people just know me from maybe like the best man book yeah, or maybe just from the shark pod. It's how, how do, and I try to involve them and I try to mix them all in, but like they all seem to be quite different. Um, so what the hell am I? Do you know? I, I think that's probably been your an asset for you, but um, it's just it's something that I don't really agree with, but it is part of the book here, so we'll go through it. So that's part four. So um, part five, so the last part is partnerships. Um, one of my lecturers used to say, uh, uh, idiots compete, uh, winners always partner always joint venture they should if you ever feel like you're competing stop it's a waste of money for everybody it's just there should be with partnerships people feel that again it's giving away piece of the pie it's giving away stuff 
we want it all for ourselves. I was, you know, I'll give you an example. <laughs> Mark, I was talking to a, a big four company recently. Um, actually, not big four. Big, like, I guess eight. I don't know. One of the big ones, right? And yeah. uh, I was talking to the CEO there, right? And uh, he said, I, we were talking about partnerships and stuff. And uh, he was saying, I want a partnership that makes my pie bigger and makes my pie sweeter. <laughs> and I was like, that's a great way to say it. <laughs> I want the pie bigger and I want it sweeter. How do you make it bigger and how do you make it sweeter? That was the what he wanted from the pitch. And, uh, you know, I think that was a great, it, it, you know, when you talk to some people that are, you know, in doing well and they'll have these little, uh, you know, tidbits. But I, that's going to, it's one of those things going to stick with me. When I, everyone asks me, in the future, if they want to do a partnership or a joint venture, I'm like, how do you make my pie bigger and how do you make it sweeter? Go. Is it bigger means obviously more clients, more customers. Um, sweeter means what? More money? More revenue. How do I get more? I want to get my hands sticky, if you know what I mean. The it's a no bandits. brainer, really. <laughs> I don't know where that's going. <laughs> you don't it's have to. Yeah. Technology. It, it, so the, the ability to structure and maintain strategic relationships that to benefit mm-hmm. everyone involved. So for me, I work in partnerships. I can see the, the benefit of a software going out to the market and getting partners is that my partners or the software's partners would pay for all their salespeople, all their backend delivery, all that type of stuff. We just pay for the R&D. So they win because mm-hmm. they don't have a hundred million to build a, a cool software. Um, we win because we don't have to go find talent in Leipzig <laughs> to deliver projects. Do, do you know what I mean? So that's that's what we need to do. So when we're a, a KPI, a, a strategic partnership for you, say if you're the, the head honcho in finance recruitment, a, a mm-hmm. partnership for you would be something adjacent to that. It might be yeah. someone who does the contracting stuff that we talked about before. It might be someone who, I don't know, like could be it could be something with the podcast, we could have partnerships with other podcasts where we cross promote um, to get our, I've, you know, we've looked, we've looked at partnerships with other recruiters who do other sectors, you know, like within, within James Cannes overall portfolio. And the interesting thing is trying to figure out the value that each trying to, trying to measure the value that each side brings to the table and trying to quantify that with the split job, because you might be bringing knowledge of the industry. You might be bringing, the other person might be bringing the actual jobs, which is more important, the job or the candidate. Maybe it's 50-50. I always feel that it seems the other person has to, both parties have to be bought in equally. So in order for it to work, because with partnerships, they can fade away because one person might feel like the other person's getting more, more value out of it. So I wonder with partnerships, what 50-50 split seems to be the most, uh, I suppose, the, the split that works best. I, I think, to be I think you're overthinking it. If it makes the mm-hmm. pie bigger and sweeter, I know you want to get the best deal, but walking away from a deal because you couldn't figure out that means the, you, it, you, you get no sweets. There's no point in you know? Well, there's no point in even starting a deal unless people are bought in in the long. I can do deals with 
loads of people right now, but like if they're not bought in and I'm not bought in, yeah, I'm too busy to to entertain it. I'm gonna go after stuff that it's a hundred percent, and so are they. Yeah, I know what you mean. So it has to make sense, but I just think mm. if you did have a hundred of those deals, would you have to work as hard? It no, it would be you'd be extending your reach by doing half the work. Do you want uh, your so fingers you on many be, cakes? Do you, do you know what I mean? I'm going to stop talking yeah. about cakes. You know what I mean? <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I, it's something to think about, but it's, uh, it, it, so that's the, the last part there is the, the actual uh, partnerships. How can you leverage partnerships? So that could be any, like once you're up and running and you've, you've got a product, it can be mm. having your product on different people's websites. It's doing joint, other, working with other KPIs. That have affiliate marketing affiliate marketing is another big one like there's it's something that people need to think about you need to think about it i need to think about it. i work in partnerships but there's other ways i can have partners that are unofficial partners maybe another another mm. um you know i think affiliate marketing is probably the best example for an individual so if yeah. you want to sell a book you know link in with what's the hardest thing it's actually customers you know you can have the best product in the world but you have how do you get customers? How do you expand your customer base? Here's affiliate marketing, you know, latch on to people who have the eyes in that sector. Hundred percent, and that's the that's the kind of crossover. Um, With the best man book, exactly. You kind of broke up there, Mark. So I was trying to fill some dead air, but I, all I heard was best man, <laughs> best man book. Um, so no, just yeah, go ahead. Just on the the ideas around um, coming up with a product because it's people often fall down here because they're like, especially if they're not in sales. I'm in sales. I'll sell anything. Do you know what I mean? Like I can, as in I would. I have no problem asking people if, if I'm providing value to give me money for it. Do you know? But that's what I do for a living. But a lot of people. Funny enough, I I find the product making the, the easiest. Yeah. We need to do something together. I know, but like. <laughs> My point is here, like if you're becoming a KPI and you're the an accountant or you're in uh, finance or whatever, um, you may not be used to that and you feel like, oh, this is kind of like gross to ask people for money for things. But So he has a couple of ideas here to kind of get around that. One is implementation, not ideas. So he talks about, sorry, Baby Shea is blowing it up here. I don't know if you're hearing him in the background. Uh, he's going to bed. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, Call him, Phil. He's calling. Um, okay, so implementation, not ideas. So what we're talking about here is actually people will pay i was shocked to see how much people will pay for do it for me rather than teach me to do it um so in software uh, partnerships that means okay give me the reins of the whole operation i'll project manage the implementation i'll do everything you pay me x amount and that, that can be a huge amount of money if they just had an online course about how to set up hubspot no one's going to pay a lot of money for that true so when you're thinking about that 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 comes into active income versus passive income. It's easier to get active income, and that's active. You have to do the work. Yeah. What you want to do is just sell someone passively a course on how to do the work themselves. Yeah, and he talks about that as well, like like having an online, like an ebook or you know, a course something that doesn't the marginal cost of a new person buying it is is low. But we're talking about mm. making the most money from this type of thing. Is you're the the company that does something. Like even Tony Robbins does stuff. Like he has companies that implement things for for organizations and stuff like that. Um, here's a, here's one mark that I thought you'd like. Make a product for your competitors. 
what I just said at the start, that's what I don't want to do. Exactly. But as then um there's a lot of there's a lot of intellectual property that you take for granted that your quote unquote competitors or counterparts, people like you who operate in different markets would be interested in. Well, in a way, haven't I created that with the recruit recruiter journal? Yeah, that's true. So it's like an annual diary. You must actually do a show on that. It's an annual diary that's kind of broken down day by day, but the, the tasks are set out for a, for what a recruiter would need to do each day. And there's a goal setting thing at the start. Technically, my competitors can pick that up and use that for their whole um their whole staff. But my competitor I've only a handful of competitors locally, and there's probably, you know, a hundred thousand other recruitment companies globally that I could sell to. It's a it's interesting something to think about as well, like from an implementation point of view, what could you do for like you know, I just I, you could kick around ideas about what you could build for your competitors. And I think it's it's an interesting kind of thought experience anyway thought experience anyway thought experiment rather anyway um so he talks about how to have a business that you can actually sell by multiplying the business valuation so it's got to be recurring business Mm -hmm. you know build uh, something that can scale like that um and then he goes into kind of the nitty-gritty of all of those bits and pieces of the becoming the the kpi so all those steps we talked about he actually goes in to pretty much uh a lot of detail about how to get going kind of step by steps um and then he goes into some case studies as well so mark what would you, what would you give it this book out of 10 um eight okay where does he lose the two where does daniel need to up his game in a way i don't think it's it's groundbreaking what he's talking about. So a lot of it I kind of already knew or kind of just picked up from over the years and actually have implemented already. Um, What else? I don't know. It's just hard to give a 10. So that's why it's not a nine. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't give it a seven. You're a real seven type of guy, you know, sitting on the fence. Um, I liked it because I gave it an eight because it was practical. Yeah, I like that about books. About books of this nature. If I want something to sit there, you know, in bed listening to or reading, like I'll, you know, read the Lord of the Rings or something. Exactly. I think for me it was like a nine, just because although none of the concepts are like groundbreaking, it does give you a real practical guide of how you would go about that. You want to be the yeah. number one, uh, you know, person in your in- industry. You want to when I say number one, I mean the go to. Like there's so there's so many people in all these industries that no one ever heard of, and if no one's ever heard of you, you actually don't get the calls for the big um, joint ventures. That no one's asking you to come on their podcast. You know, we've mm. talked about this before. Like there's some people that have uh, been pitched to us to be on the podcast. There was one guy who was CXO at uh, uh, what's that? That's that designer brand. I can't remember any. There's some designer, international designer brand that was like, so it was a CXO. He's like, yeah, come on. And I'd be like, well, I have nothing to talk to you about. This, I don't know. Do you know your, what do you, what do you, what's the hook? Do you know? And he talks about that mm. in the book as well, having the big idea of what you're doing. You know, the why. We, yeah. Do you know? We've said before, like, if you're this way inclined, you should really be thinking, would I be, a, would anyone ever ask me onto a podcast? That's a big one. 
Would anyone ask you that's, to talk at a conference? Do you know? Well, that's the next level up, in my opinion, like a, a decent conference. Yeah. Um, but that, again, we've talked about that before. That's not the epitome of success. That picture of you up on stage, <laughs> yeah. your you know, low-level TED Talk. Yeah, I think... You know, that's just part of the overall plan. Yeah, exactly. And the, That doesn't define success. To me, that's marketing. That's not, mm. that's not the... I remember you were talking about someone saying, oh, I finally mm. made it. I've been asked to go up on this TEDx uh, mm. Armagh. There's a tar- TEDx Armagh, like, do you know? <laughs> Is that the dream? This is a hilarious one. Is that how far the dream goes? Maybe it is. That's fair enough. But um, well, no, it's fine. Like it's it's fine and it's great, and a hundred percent you should be looking to do that. But it that doesn't define success in any way. Um, did you think of the product or book? Let's say, for example, that you could create based on your knowledge. You're going to be surprised, Mark. Huh? You're going to be pretty surprised there. I was talking yeah. to, I've done three or four, four more than that. I've done about five people this year that I've kind of coached into sales roles and tech from different, um, from different, uh, like backgrounds and stuff like that. And, uh, mm-hmm. one in particular I was talking to and I kind of, I met with, met with them and it's all people through the podcast. Um, so if you want some career coaching, just give me a shout. I've got more time than anyone you've ever met. And I don't know why. I don't know why. Ever- <laughs> I've got a lot going on and I have loads. Of, everyone's like, oh, I'm so busy. I'm like busy. I have loads of time. What, what do people do in that they're busy? Like, I, do you know, I, I go just for tinkering walks. with stuff. <laughs> I just thought about that. Like I know, and I, I'm like a high performer in work. I, you know, have the podcast, go to the gym, a dad, and everyone, I can't get a, a meeting with someone. Say, oh yeah, let's let's uh, you know, people that want to have a meeting with me sometimes they're like, uh, let's let's put a let's pencil it in for three weeks from now. I'm like fuck that, call me mm. in three weeks. <laughs> Do you know, I don't want to. You know, my point. My point is, if you're busy, I think it's a bad thing. But if you want, if anyone wants to get into tech sales, give me a shout. Luke at Shark. That I, I'll stop taking people from finance. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is this is the thing poaching all marks clientele but in the meantime so i pitched an idea at one of my uh coaches um they thought it was brilliant uh, they would think that because i was helping them but i think that it was a genuine thing so what i've done is i've put together a course that i'm going to launch it's a 13 part course it's basically how to break into tech sales um and get to your first hundred thousand euro in income um it has it's a step-by-step guide it has all the kind of all the bits and pieces that you'll need interview technique um the fundamentals of uh of tech sales um the language that you'll need to speak when you go in um how you position yourself when you do get in how you get promoted what your promotion uh, path will be um and ultimately uh when you come out of the end of the of the course uh your prize is that i'll be your your actual uh career coach when you do get interviews and uh, i'll help you get the job that sounds great. It, does that sound great? Yeah, especially look in many ways, but especially it's it's niche, but it's actually global. Yeah, like the, global so, niche is a big thing. There's a lot of that's what I'm saying. Like, there's, there's a lot of people that want to want to get into you know tech, you know, and this is a great way in. And there's lots of stuff that I know that people don't know. And it's it's one of those things. One of, the only thing that I'm worried about, Mark, is I don't want it to I don't want it to be shit. 
Well, then I'll help you with it. Do you know what I mean? They're like, I don't want it to be. Do you know what I mean? Not all people that do it and the information's good, but it's a bit crap. Do you know? So I gotta go. No, but you have, look, you have the information. You have the presence, the enthusiasm, the the proof, the connections, the energy. You just need to make sure it's made well. Yeah. That's all. I also have a live uh, recruiting business, so I can build a business on the end of this. Well, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) I do have a LLC or a a limited company and a a recruiting business, so I can just kind of stick that in the end. Yeah, but from uh, you know, it has to it has to flow well. It has to aesthetically be be good. You know, it has to be made well. Yeah. And we'll take it offline you know, and we'll think about it. I just want to make, I want to make it as easy as possible, but as it looks professional because I'm going to charge a lot of money for it. That's so it's thing. a video. Is it a video series? It's going to be a video series, presentations, uh, workbooks. Um, there's going to be all of the answers to all of the questions that they ask in and uh, tech sales uh, interviews. Um, how you should answer the structure, everything like that. Um, uh, is it going to be passive for you? For me, it's going, to be, it's going to be slight, kind of passive. So on one, on one side, the, like anyone can buy it, and then you just go on and you do it yourself. Only the mm-hmm. candidates that go through the whole thing, um, I'll meet with. Because uh, you can see if they've actually done the the course. I'll meet with them. Um, I'll help them vet what type of companies I want to work for. They come come to me with all of the all of the like, which are companies I'd prefer to work with who say which ones would be a good fit for their background, that type of stuff. Uh, once they get mm-hmm. an interview, I'll prep them and all that type of stuff. Um, I'll have a relationship with all of the tech companies as a uh, as a recruiter. I'll get 18% or whatever for the of the, the placement fee, so that'll be my kind of piece at the end. Um, but uh, the reason why I'm going to charge quite a lot for the, the course is because when people pay, they pay attention. Okay, so it's going to be quite a lot of money, but it's not just that, like, if you make a hundred grand in your first, uh, you know, 24 months, like, it's it's going to be, a, you know, 200 extra turn or something, you know, so. And then, obviously, exponentially, as the years go on. Exactly. For that decision, yeah, it's going to. Also, you get my time as well, which I just said I have loads of. Um, but you're getting somebody who has seven years industry experience to sit down with you at the very beginning of your career and telling you where to go. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really uh, a really valuable thing. And the reason, and if people are broke ass, that's fine too. You give me a call, and we'll make a gentleman's agreement. I'll give it to you for free. You give me the money when you when we get your job. Do you know? I'm not. Yeah. It's not really about the money from the course. The money in this business is going to come from the recruitment placement part um but the uh yeah you have to you have to pay a Mm. lot that's the key for anything skin in the game if you're serious Mm. about i only only want to work with people who are really serious about changing Mm. their life and i'll give them all like you know i've got i've got three or four people that i'm that i'm texting from the from the from the podcast like on a daily basis i've never met them trying to motivate them trying to be a, a friend to them and I just want to build a tribe like that. So in like 10 years time, the majority of uh, sales leaders in Ireland will have come through the course. That's the idea. And then uh, then there's the fucking uh, KPI for you, Mark Baker. What do you think? <laughs> I'm impressed. It's going to be good. 
All right, we'll leave it there. We've got a uh, yeah, it's over an hour mark. Good stuff. I had some. I also had some ideas, but uh, we'll save them for a rainy day. Yeah, we might do a podcast on it. Mm. All right. I had one. All right, go okay, for it. No, 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 no go for it. Go on, go on. What's one? It was, it was. You know the way we were thinking about. We always want to help the eighteen-year-old Luke and Mark. Yeah. But those guys have no money. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's not like we're doing this and we do this for nothing obviously and we do mentor people for nothing as well but like as a business it's probably not a, an ideal group to sell to from a career like we would the theme would be career development or you know getting ahead you know quickest way to 150k these kind of ideas that we had but it, i was thinking maybe it's more for uh people maybe people in their 20s um and i was thinking like renaissance man would be the name of the book and it would be all the different things that you should have in your life when it comes to wealth and and money so it would be how to how to build an asset or buy assets and have you know assets making you money and just having assets in general so it could be around investing property could be building a business um and then secondly would be having a cash cow so we've talked about service business service businesses they're just not easy to set up but they're just so reliable but they're but that's where and that's where most of your energy is actually going to be in this renaissance man life that you're going to have um that's your cash cow that's going to give you all your cash flow and most of your cash flow certainly at the start Number three would be passive income. So that would be like what we're saying, this kind of, you know, um, books, uh, you know, merch by Amazon type stuff. Um, Look, we all know what passive income is. Affiliate marketing is another huge one that people do. Um, Selling courses. And then number four would be a a creative outlet for a bit of non-direct value, if that makes sense. Yeah. For example, podcast, for example, me painting a picture that I know is never going to sell, but I just love doing it. Yeah. For example, yeah. one of the lads who works for us, he's a musician and he plays in bars for free, you know, but he works during the week. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. And then number five is, actually, I don't think there's number five. Anyway, so that's the kind of thing that covers a lot of things. So it's a bit of everything. And maybe some people just think they can only do one. I mean, what do you think? I think it's a really cool idea. And I think that it's such a good idea that you could go to a publisher and, and, and get an advance on that. That's something that you could sell in, in uh, I was going to say Witherspoons. Maybe not in Witherspoons, in Water. Was it Waterstone? <laughs> What's the bookshop? The big one? <laughs> not Witherspoons, is a pub. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to sell there. Uh, there's people in it. Anyway, but I think... Waterstones, is it? Waterstones. I remember yeah, yeah, one of the, You know, it's a big... Uh, I can see people buy that for their significant other, the Renaissance man. So how to? It was it was because in the book he mentions like people will will pay money to to learn how to make money. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, I would. I do. You know, that's what the, my course is about. Exactly. People yeah. pay money because it's like, and if they we talk about like you know if they're younger and they don't have. Um, whatever it's going to cost, I haven't decided yet. Like, you know, they're, 
parents will give them fuck it's like fifteen k to go to a masters. This is going to make more money than a masters, and it's going to be done in a week. What do you want to do? <laughs> is that hey, that's your pitch? That's what, that's the pitch. I I guarantee you, the money that you make out of this course will be worth so much more than any masters in the world, any MBA, maybe not MBA, any masters of science or MA. Or fucking, uh, what's that one that the one that the writers do? Worthless. <laughs> not the ones the writers do. I'm gonna have all the writers come at me now. It's a master of words, I think it's called. Come on, come on, guys. You've been sold. You know, one of the chapters in the, in the thing is gonna be set. It's gonna have all of the best wisdom from all of the, you know, the, the people who are the influencers in in the sales world. And by the end of the course as well, people are going to be completely confident about being a salesperson and not be like, I want to get into tech, but I don't know if I want to do the sales part. You know, the- a big part of the interview process, I'd imagine, is like any interview, saying the right things. And yes. oh, it's just get, if you can nail <clears throat> three hours worth of conversation, you're in. You're in. You know, I don't know how many interviews it takes. I don't do tech sales, but like, you just need to get in. And then when you get in, there's a new set of things that you have to do to succeed. But a big part is that hurdle, I'd imagine, especially somebody coming from a little bit of a different background. It goes back to the the at the interview I had with the director of sales and my first tech role. Remember, uh, go back to Shark Pod number two, if you want to listen to that story, where I, I said, I wanted, to, I wanted to say I'm all in, but I said, I'm balls in. And he banged the table and he goes right on. And then you start giving me a tour of the place. That's all you want to know. <laughs> Is that going to be in the book? It's gonna. It's one hundred percent. It's a whole. It's oh. a whole module. How to be balls <laughs> in? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I don't know about that. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll have like a director's cut. But um, I don't know. I just I, I gotta yeah I gotta think about where we're gonna film. The good thing is I've got all the lights and stuff from when we had that bullshit um, set up for the shark pod in the beginning. So I've got like professional level stuff. Your boy, uh, what's his name? Um, so he was on the podcast before. He had a great setup when it came to camera and stuff. Rich? No, not Rich. One of the early ones. There they go. I'll, I'll look into it. But I don't know. It might be worth, I know we're kind of dragging on here, but it might be worth actually... Just renting a space for a day, doing all of the, you know, like doing it properly. That's what I want to do. So. Well, if you have it nailed down, you can get it. You can pay to get it done, like on the one go type of thing. Yeah, I'm just gonna because uh, that's I, I want it to look really nice, and I want them to be mm-hmm. like, this is not just some guy with a webcam. I'm not doing the webcam yeah. thing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? No. Yeah. So I, I'm going to take a couple of courses just to try to get an aesthetic that I like. Yeah, you know? Um, you know what we're doing now? We're forgetting we're we're recording the podcast. Exactly. Let's 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 wrap it up here. I can't believe we went. I might actually cut out some of that. People are gonna be like, "Okay, I got stuff to do today, guys." It's hundred or it's a one hour fourteen. Uh, Shark Nation, uh, stay tuned for uh, the course "How to Break into Tech Sales" coming soon. Coming quarter two, I think maybe maybe quarter three. We'll see. Quarter two, twenty twenty two. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Luke.